right, today I want to talk about every believer is going to face storms in their life, and either the Lord is going to deliver us out of the storm, or he is going to provide for us to be sustained through the storm. Let's talk about it today. The following program is brought to you by friends and partners of End Time Headlines. All right, what's going on, guys? It is Monday, January 15th. Uh, we want to welcome everybody to the broadcast today. I know I realize all, most of you guys up in the north are dealing with some major uh, winter storm stuff, ice, freezing temperatures, snow, blizzard conditions. So I pray and hope that many of you guys would be able to join us tonight. If not, uh, we hope that you guys will catch the rebroadcast uh, when you're able to do that. Um, so again, before we get started again, guys, uh, let us know where you guys are joining us from. We want to welcome everybody. If you're new to the broadcast, first time joining us, first time somebody invited you in, whatever the case would be, let us know in the comment section below that you're new. We'd love to hear from where you guys are joining us from. And listen, if you've not downloaded our free app, we want to encourage you to do that today. It's available on Apple and Android devices. You All you got to do is simply... Two different ways you can do this, guys. If you're listening by Apple or by Spotify or whatever podcast platform you're listening from in the audio, just go to your Play Store, whatever that looks like for you. Type it in time headlines. Look for our official ETH logo. Download the app. Uh, hit yes to push notifications. You're going to be good to go. You guys that are watching this visually, if you'll simply go to the description of this video where it says download our free app, there's a link. Click on the link. Again, download it. Hit yes to push notifications, and you're going to be squared away, and you're not going to miss a single headline and a single podcast. So, uh, again, and again, I'm Ricky Scaparo, the founder, the pastor, and the voice of End Time Headlines. So tonight, guys, we're going to be hanging out in Acts chapter 27 and 28, Acts 27 and Acts 28. So if you have a Bible, uh, I want to encourage you to go and get it. Or you can, again, follow me. I'll pull it up here on the screen visually. Um, but we're going to be, there is a, there's a situation that happens right here in the Apostle Paul's life that I believe speaks volumes to us on a practical level. Now, I realize we're still, we're 15 days into prayer and fasting. And I'm going to show you where there was a time of prayer and fasting that took place in the midst of a storm and through this, God gave instructions to the Apostle Paul, and it saved the entire uh, crew of this ship. So let's go here. Acts 27. All right, so we're going to be doing a lot of reading today. So you're going to get your Bible reading, reading in on this message for sure. And again, this is Acts 27, New King James Version. And when it was decided that we should sail to Italy, they delivered Paul and some other prisoners to one named Julius, a centurion of the Augustan Regiment. So entering a ship of Adramidium, we put to sea, meaning to sail along the coast of Asia. Aristarchus, a Macedonian of Thessalonica, was with us. And the next day we landed at Sidon and Julius treated Paul kindly and gave him liberty to go to his friends and receive care. And then, excuse me, when he had put to sea from there, we sailed under the shelter of Cyprus because the winds were contrary. So I want to point something out here. So here they are, they're going at sea and the winds were already contrary. In other words, there was already signs that they were about to embark in some stuff. There were some signs that they were already embarked in, in, into some stuff. Now, I, I want to point this out here. The Apostle Paul had a destiny on his life. The Apostle Paul was called to preach the gospel to the Gentiles. The, in fact, the Lord had already spoken to Paul that the Lord would preserve him and protect him and keep him until he had finished his race until he finished his destiny. So having said that, <clears throat> it is very likely that the Apostle Paul understood something that you and I have to understand. And that is, whenever we've been called, whenever we've been sealed, and whenever we've been sent, called, sealed, sent, 
you know, used by the Lord. Anytime God sends us out into the mission field, whatever that looks like for us, adversity is going to take place. It's going to happen. So all of hell is going to try to break loose against us to stop us from fulfilling our God-given destiny. So I I just wanted to point that out here. The Apostle Paul, he's getting on a ship. He's setting sail to Rome. And the winds are already contrary. Let's go back to the text. Verse 5. And when we had sailed over the sea, which is off Cilicia and Pamphylia, we came to Myra, a city of Lycia. There the centurion found an Alexandrian ship sailed to Italy, and he puts us on board. So here's a, now this is a picture of transition. Uh, this is this is interesting. Many times I've this is what I've discovered in my walk with the Lord. And that is this, that you will face one trial. And 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 it's usually when there's a transition. Come on, somebody. Anytime. How many times have you, you know, you've been serving the Lord and you're about to enter into a transition? Maybe you're about to enter into a new job. You're about to move to a new city, move to a different location. You're about to embark in a new relationship, a new church, a new business encounter. Uh, your, your ministry is going to a different level. Whatever that looks like for you, there's always going to be what's called transitions. You're transitioning from one season to another season, and there's always adversity that will meet you. Paul said, a great and effectual door has opened unto me and with it much adversity. So we hear, we see his transition. He goes from one ship to another. Now watch this verse seven. And when, uh, then we had sailed slowly many days and arrived with difficulty. They arrived with difficulty off Snidus, I believe that's how you pronounce that. The wind not permitting us to proceed. Come on, the wind was not permitting them to proceed. We sailed under the shelter of Crete off Simone, passing it with difficulty. Look at all these terms. Difficulty, uh, resistance, the winds were turbulent, they were picking up. They're all, it, all this language here is not by coincidence, friend. There is, a, there is a meaning behind this, and that's what we're peeling the layers of this to show you today. Passing it with difficulty, we came to a place called Fair Havens. Here's another transition. Near the city of Lycia. Now's when it gets very interesting. Verse 9. Now when much time had been spent... And sailing was now, look at this, sailing was now dangerous. So do, do you see, y'all see this transition here? Now sailing is dangerous because the fast was already over. Whoa. Paul says, so Paul emphasizes here that there had been a fast. And the fast had ended. And when they came out of the fast, it went from difficulty to dangerous. Oh, you, you, you didn't hear me. See, listen, I'm going to preach to myself today because every message, listen, guys, this message I'm giving you today, this is what the Lord gave me this weekend because I'm walking through what I'm preaching to you right now. Listen, the devil didn't show up and tempt Jesus Christ for 40 days and 40 nights until he went into the wilderness, until he entered into fasting. See, we, we somehow think that if we go into a time of prayer and fasting, then we're impervious to any kind of adversity, any kind of difficulty, any kind of setback, any kind of opposition, any kind of attack, any kinds of assignments of hell, that we're untouchable. But when I study the scriptures and from my own personal experience and people I know that are much more seasoned than me, it is quite contrary to that. In fact, when you make the point to come on to, 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 to consecrate yourself unto the Lord and set a time of prayer and fasting. You can mark it down. You can take it to the bank that all hell is going to come against you. Adversity is going to come. Difficulty is going to come. Trial is going to come. Test is going to come. Why? Because the enemy knows what's waiting on the other side. Oh, I know where my message is going today. What's on the other side of the fast? So here we see that fasting had been over. 
And as soon, and we don't know, we know according to the word that Paul said that through the time of fast, they were on a fast. We don't really know how long it was, but during that time, they, they were met with difficulty. They were met with winds that were contrary. They were met with winds uh, that were trying to prevent them or hinder them. But then notice that when the fast ended, I'm sure they all thought, here comes the breakthrough. Here comes the blessing. Here comes the healing. Here comes the deliverance. Here comes the salvations. Here comes all the things in which we've been believing for. But the moment they stopped fasting, the Bible says it was then that the trip became dangerous. Now look what it says here. Paul then began to advise them. Now Paul's getting a word from the Lord. And he says, men, I perceive that this voyage will end with disaster and much loss, not only of the cargo and ship, but also our lives. Now, this is profound. I, I don't really under, I perceive, I believe that this was a direct word from the Lord. I don't believe this was like a inclination. I believe that the Lord spoke to the apostle Paul and showed him during this fast that this, this voyage was going to end in disaster, loss of lives and destruction of the ship. Verse 11, nevertheless, the centi- now look at this. So Paul is saying, Hey, it would probably be wise to turn this thing around and leave and go in the opposite direction. Oh, who am I preaching to today? Listen, I pray that some of you during this time of prayer and fasting, if you will open yourself up to it and you'll set set yourself in a position uh, to receive from the Lord and hear from the Lord, some of you are going in a direction that's going to be dangerous, that's going to be disastrous, that's going to cost you, come on, it's going to cost you hardship. Come on, you're in a relationship that God has been speaking to you and especially during this fast that he's telling you, you need to stop it now. You need to end it now. You need to cut it off now. You don't need to continue to pursue this relationship because it's unequally yoked. It's harmful. It's destructive. It's causing you to stumble. It's causing you to fall away. It's causing you to backslide. It's not profitable. There's no fruit in it. Some of you are, you're, you're investing in uh, business venues uh, and in, in, in ventures that I believe that the Lord is speaking through and during this fast and he's telling you to put the brakes on it or he's telling you don't pursue this and if you go out and get a loan and you try to pursue this and you press through uh the wisdom of the lord the 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 wooing of the holy spirit and through wisdom then there's a good chance that this could end up in disaster some of you, listen, God's speaking to you about your health, speaking to you about your marriage, speaking to you about your children. He's giving you wisdom. He's giving you insight. And he's also throwing some red flags on the field. Maybe it's about, maybe it's not about you, but it's about your kids. Maybe it's about your grandchildren. Maybe God is showing you some red flags about some relationships that your children are involved in, or come on, a girlfriend or a boyfriend or a group of friends or whatever the case may be. Now, when that happens, we have a choice. We listen many times we God. I believe God during this time of prayer and fasting, God's going to use you. Yes, you. Yes, you, ma'am, you, sir. You're going to be the voice of warning. And you're going to go to some people. You're going to go to some family members. You're going to go to some coworkers. You're going to go to some neighbors. You're going to go to some friends. You're going to go to some acquaintances. God may wake you up in the middle of the night and give you a dream, give you a vision, give you a warning about somebody or, or some situation. And, and God's going to tell you to go to them and tell them, you got to stop doing this. Or you got to separate yourself from this or don't do that. Don't get in that car. Don't go to that party. Don't go to that bar. Don't go to that club. Put down that drink. Put down that smoke. Put down that needle. Well, 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 brother Ricky, what, what, what will they think about me? Guys, it's a matter of life and death. Who cares what they think? You can literally be saving their lives. So here we see the apostle Paul. This is exactly the scenario. The apostle Paul is given a word from the Lord and he says, listen, guys, If we keep doing this, this is going to end up in big trouble for all of us. We're all going to die. But look at this. And, and, And listen, it's not like there was no warning signs. The winds were contrary. 
It was getting difficulty. It was getting difficult. It was getting dangerous. And then it, it come on, it transitioned all the way to this point where Paul is saying, if we pursue this, not only is there going to be destruction to this vessel, but there's going to be lives lost. Verse 11. Now, this is intriguing. The Bible says, nevertheless, the centurion was more persuaded by the helmsman and the owner of the ship than by the things spoken by Paul. Translation. He was more concerned about influence and money than he was about his own life. My goodness, how sad is that? How sad is that? There's people out here that are, the the sirens are blaring, the warning signs, the red flags are all blaring. And we choose to either wake up or hit the snooze button. I know the Lord's warned me about stop doing this, but I know the Lord told me to break up with that individual, but I know the Lord told me to to leave that church, but I know the Lord said to, uh, even though this uh, job I'm at is, uh, is corrupt and, and they're doing things that are legal, but come on, the money is good. I got to put money on the table. God understands that. God understands these things and and he's going to turn a blind eye. So again, notice here that the man said, basically he said, uh, he fulfilled the scripture. What profit is it to gain the whole world yet forfeit your soul? Now, I don't know the spiritual uh, relationship that these men had on this ship with the Lord, but I do know that the apostle Paul was a man who was in covenant with God and serving God and he was on that vessel. So let's see what happens here. Verse 12, and because the harbor was not suitable to winter and the majority advised to set sail from there also. So listen, the majority are saying, don't do this. If by any means they could reach Phoenix, a harbor of Crete opening towards the southwest and northwest northwest and winter there. When the south wind blew softly, verse 13, supposing that they had obtained their desire, putting out to sea, they sailed close by Crete. Look at this. Verse 14, but not long after a tempestuous headwind arose called Arachlodon. I'm going to highlight this, guys. A storm arose called Arachlodon. Somebody say that with me. Say Arachlodon. Now, somebody says, what the heck was Arachlodon? Well, Arachlodon was a whirlwind. It was a tropical-like storm. But I found it interesting when I looked up the word arachlodon in the Greek, it literally means a it means confusion, turmoil, burden, or hindrance. Let me say that again. Confusion, tor- turmoil, burden, and hindrance. So think about it, church. The man of God had warned these people. All right, you're so money hungry. Come on, for the love of money is the root of all evil. You're so money hungry that you're ignoring all these signs. And now they've come face to face with a storm that represents everything that they've gotten themselves into. So now they're right dab in the middle of confusion, turmoil. They're burdened down. They're hindered. They don't know which way to turn. So when the ship was caught and could not head into the wind, we let her drive and running under the shelter of an island called Clauda, we secured the skiff with difficulty. And when they had taken it on board, they used cables to undergird the ship and fearing lest they should run aground on this on the citrus sands, they uh, struck sail and so were driven. And because we were exceedingly tempest-tossed, the next day they lightened the ship. Now, here we go. Listen, guys, I'm telling you, this is what we do. We get ourselves in a mess, and the Lord begins to reveal to us that we're in a mess. And you know what we do? We start lightening the ship. Oh, come on. Before the storm, when the word of God was warning us, the Holy Spirit was warning us, the man of God was warning us to get rid of some stuff. Come on, to cut some things loose, cut some ties, throw that overboard, get rid of that, drop that anchor. We didn't want to hear them. We didn't want to listen to them. We wanted to come on, turn a blind eye to them, shut a deaf ear to them. But it's amazing how when we when we ignore all that and we get right in the midst of confusion, chaos, turmoil 
in a storm, hmm, the light bulb goes off and say, hey, maybe it's time to lighten the load a little bit. Maybe I should come on, stop getting entangled with that stuff that's killing me and destroying my family. Maybe I should call it quits on that relationship. Maybe I should call it quit on going to the bars and the clubs and, and come on and doing all these things that's destroying my life. Come on. It is amazing what you will do when you're right dab in the middle of your Arachlodon. So on the third day, Paul said we threw the ship's tackle overboard with our own hands. So there's, I mean, they're lightening the load. They're throwing everything out of this thing. We got to do everything we can because we got to get to the other side. Come on, guys. Now, look at this. When the, when neither sun nor stars appeared for many days and no small tempest beat on us, all hope that we would be saved was finally given up. Now, guys, that's something to say right there. If the Apostle Paul says that there was no sun, there was no stars, it was complete dark and there was all hope had been lost. That's coming from the Apostle Paul. And if you listen, if you listen to his regiment, his res- resume, excuse me, if you look at his history of what this guy went through, beaten by rod, stone, left for dead, come on, led out of a basket, out of a house. He was, come on, he went through perils of fasting, perils of nakedness. He was ridiculed. He was lied on. He, uh, he was falsely accused. He went through all of that and continue to press on towards the high calling of Christ Jesus. And he's in the middle of an Arachlodon with a ship full of people that he warned them to not go. And, and he says all hope that we would be saved was finally given up. Wow. But after, look at this, but after long abstinence from food, I said from long abstinence from food. So they went on a fast They ended a fast, but now they're on another. They're forced on another fast. So Paul stood up in the midst of them. Look, watch what he says here and said, men, you should have listened to me. Wow. You should have listened to me and not have sailed from Crete and and incurred this disaster and loss. And now I urge you to take heart. Now, listen what he says. So he warns them and says, listen. I warned you and you should have listened to me. But then he swifts, he swifts, uh, shifts gear, excuse me. And he says here, now I urge you to take heart. Look at this for there will be no loss of life among you. Whoa, wait a minute, Paul. You said there was going to be much loss and much disaster. But now you're saying there'll be no loss of life among you, but only of the ship. Wow. Now, how did he, why did he say this? Verse 23, for there stood by me this night, an angel of God to whom I belong and who I serve. Guys, think about the boldness of him. He's standing in the midst of hundreds of sailors. And he says, I told you, I warned you, but while I was praying and we were fasting, an angel of God appeared to me whom I serve and know and have a personal relationship with. In other words, I loved how he said he didn't even ask or question whether or not they had a relationship with God or not. He didn't, it didn't matter to him. He said, I know who I serve and I know the God I serve. And he sent an angel and he told me to tell you something tonight. And you better, you didn't listen to me last time. So you better listen to me this time. What was it, Paul, that the angel said to you? Well, let's go back to the text. Here's what the angel said. He said, listen to this. And now I urge you to take heart for there will be no loss of life among you, but only the ship. Oh, you're, you, come on. You're going to lose some stuff on the way. You're going to have to say goodbye to some things on the way, on the journey. But your life will be spared. For there stood be my stood by me this night an angel of God, whom I belong and whom I serve. Now listen to this. The angel said, quote, Do not be afraid, Paul. You must be brought before Caesar. Here's something interesting. The angel didn't say, All of you must be brought out to the other side. No, the angel said, You must be brought to Caesar. Oh, you, oh, you're not hearing me tonight. <clears throat> Listen, I know you don't think that you're, man, you don't think you're of any value. And you say, who am I, Lord? 
But I'm going to tell you, listen, God sees such an importance to you. He values you. He values you to the point and cherishes you so much. And if you're in covenant with him, I'm telling you, friends, that if God has a plan for you, who am I preaching to today? I'll preach to myself today. If you don't mind, I'm going to preach myself. Come on, I'm going to preach some faith to myself. I'm going to say to a man of God listening. I want to say to a woman of God listening. I want to say to a young man or a young woman, if God's if you're saved, you're born again. God's called you into the ministry. God's called you. You, whatever that looks like. It may be on the mission field. It may be behind a pulpit. You may be a pastor, an evangelist, a prophet, a teacher, whatever it is. Your pulpit may be a cash register, a factory, behind a dumpster, beside a river. Come on, John the Baptist. It don't matter to me and it don't matter to God. He's called you to be a voice crying in the wilderness in these last days. And if God's called you, he's commissioned you and he sent you, then listen to me. There is no devil in hell. Paul said it like this i'm convinced that there is no principality nor power nor life nor death nor anything come on that can separate me from the love of god so paul what i'm trying to tell you is there was over 200 and something men on that boat but god was concerned about the apostle paul because he had a mission for paul he had a destiny for paul he wasn't finished with the apostle paul he wasn't finished with the apostle paul's work and what he had called him to do and even though, come on, Paul was in a bad situation. He was in the wrong place at the wrong time. God has a way, come on, of preserving you, preserving me, protecting you, protecting me, keeping us, keeping you, keeping me. And until we get to the other side. Oh, come on. I can take you to the Gospels where Jesus was looking at the disciples and he was getting ready to get on a boat and go to the gatherings because there was a man that was demon possessed and Jesus was going to set sail all the way to the gathering so he can set one man free from a legion of demons and your bible says when the moment that he stepped on the boat he looked at the disciples and he looked at them and said let us go to the other side he didn't say let me go to the other side he said let us go to the other side and if they were cherishing and listening to the words of christ then when the, what does your Bible say? A storm rose up against them. Isn't that just like it is, right? Adversity is going to come trying to stop Jesus from going over and delivering a man from the gatherings. Why was that one man that was demon possessed so important that the devil would try to stop Jesus? Oh, because you see that one man that was demon possessed with over a thousand demons would get set free and he would go into the city and into the entire region and he would preach the gospel and share his testimony and as a result the whole town would come out and revival would come from that encounter i'm telling you who am i talking to today you may see yourself of little worth but god sees your influence god sees who you have in proximity of you god sees who he has created you to be he's the alpha the omega the beginning the end you you see yourself as little but god sees you as much he sees you see yourself as poor, but he sees you as rich. You see yourself as weak, but he sees you. He sees yourself as strong. I'm trying to, I come by to tell you today that when the storm rose up against the disciples, against Jesus, he was sleeping in the boat. They woke him up and said, do you not care that we die? Jesus rose up, said, you have little faith, rebuked the storm. And they went over to the other side. And it's amazing to me if somebody in there, Peter, uh, come on, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, one of the disciples should have said, hey, guys, we should have known that we were going to make it to the other side because the Messiah said, let us make it to the other side. See, I would have been more concerned if Jesus said, let uh, if he would have said, I'm going to the other side and left them out. But he said, let us go to the other side. So somebody should have said, we should have took his word, come on and took it to the bank. So here we are. The apostle Paul is selling to Rome out of his, come on. And it wasn't even from his own will. Come on. He was stuck in the middle of a situation that completely became a mess. Come on. This is, I'm telling you, this is going to minister to somebody. You say, well, brother Ricky, I've not always been perfect in my walk with God. Good. I said, good, because God is a God of restoration. God is a God of second chances. Well, brother, I'm in a mess. I'm in a turmoil. I'm in a storm. Aren't we all? 
The good news is, friends, even if you've messed up, you've made mistakes, you've went against the will of God, you've gotten out of the will of God, you've ignored warnings, you've ignored, come on, the, the red flags, you've warned all this, and you're stuck in the middle of your Arachlodon. Come on, if you start seeking the Lord and you have a covenant with him and God has a destiny and a plan and a purpose for your life, you're not going anywhere, friend, until you finish your race. So listen, Paul tells them that this angel says you, the, the angel speaks to Paul and said, you must be brought before Caesar. And indeed, God has granted you all those who sail with you. So not only did this angel Say to Paul, I'm going to bring you before Caesar, but I'm going to, for your sake, Paul, I'm going to bring all these guys out of this storm and they're going to come on the other side. Oh, there's, you're going to lose some things on the way. You're going to have to say goodbye to some stuff on the way. Come on. I'm, I, I know what I'm preaching today and where I'm going with this. You're going to have to cut some ties. You're going to have to lighten the load. You're going to have to come on, break some unhealthy habits, say goodbye to some friends, say goodbye to some people, say goodbye to some substances, say goodbye to some addictions. It's Things are going to be broken up in your life, but we're going to get you to the other side if you'll trust me. Therefore, take heart. Men, for I believe God that it will be just as it was told to me. However, we must run aground on a certain island. God had already showed him the end. God had showed him that they were going to end up on an island at the other end of this thing. Now, when the 14th night had come, as we were driven up down in the, Adri in the Adriatic Sea, about midnight, the sailors sensed that they were drawing near some land, and they took uh, soundings and found it to be 20 fathoms. And when they had gone a little farther, they took soundings again and found it to be 15 fathoms. And then fearing lest we should run aground the rocks, they dropped four anchors from the stern and prayed for day to come. And as the sailors were seeking to escape from the ship, uh-oh, the sailors were trying to get off the ship. And when they had let down the skip into the sea, under pretense of putting out anchors from the prow, Paul said to the centurion and to the soldiers, quote, unless these men stay in the ship, you cannot be saved. And then the soldiers cut away the ropes of the skiff and let it fall. Come on, I want to sell somebody today. Listen, stay in the ship. Stay in the boat. Come on, when... Jesus was in the boat, but he didn't answer when the storm rose because he, he was sleeping, but he was still in the boat. Come on. Listen, it's okay. Listen, I'm going to tell you something. When you're in this boat called life and the storms come and you cry out to God, there's sometimes you're like, God, where are you at? It do, come on. It don't mean he's not in the boat with you. Come on, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego didn't know the fourth man was in the fiery furnace until they got into the fiery furnace. Daniel didn't know an angel was going to show up and protect him in the lion's den until he got in the lion's den. Paul didn't know how this thing was going to come, but an angel appeared and said, I'm going to give you instructions. The ship's going to be, come on, you're going to come in on broken pieces, but you, listen, and it's going to, you're going to be tempted to jump ship. Who am I talking to today? Oh, I, I see the chats. Well, I don't know why I fast. I don't know why I pray. I don't know why I seek the Lord. I don't know why I'm asking him to do this and do that. God ain't listening to my prayers. Friend, yes, he is. Come on, be not weary in well-doing. For in due season you shall reap if you faint not. Stay. Come on, look at your, if you're in the room with somebody, your husband, your wife, your friends, your whatever the case, look at them and say, stay in the boat, in the chat. Come on, somebody say it in the chat. Right here on YouTube, say, stay in the boat. And as day was about to dawn, Paul implored them all to take food. So now the fast is over. Saying today is the 14th day. So they went on a 14-day fast here. You've waited and continued without food and have eaten nothing. Therefore, I urge you to take nourishment, for this is for your survival. Since not a, listen what he says here, not a hair will fall from the head of any of you. Wow. And when he had said these things, he took bread and gave thanks to God in the presence of them all. And when he had broken it, he began to eat and they were all encouraged. They were all encouraged. Come on. We need, come on. Some of us, we need an encouragement from the Lord. 
I'm praying that. Come on, I feel led by the Holy Spirit right now. I, w- I want to pray this real quick. Father, some of us, all of us, I believe we're in some f- f- some form or shape of a storm. We're in our own Arachlodon, whatever that looks like. It could be a storm in our finances, a storm in our marriage, a storm in our health, a storm in our uh, with our children, with our ministry, with our business, whatever that is. Or we're in multiple storms. And God, we're still in the boat. We believe that you're the anchor. Come on. You're the anchor that holds through the storms, through the winds, through the turbulence. And we're not planning on jumping ship. But God, we need a word of encouragement to get us through to the other side. Lord, and I pray that you'd give us that word. Lord, give it to us through a man of God. Give it to us through a dream. Give it to us through a vision. Give it to us through a circumstance. I dare to say, give it to us through an angelic encounter, a heavenly host. Lord, a whatever it is. Lord, you know how to get our number. You know our number. You know our address. David said it like this. The one who knows me and, and, and put this thing in motion, he knows my rising up and my setting down. He knows every thought that's afar off. He knows everything I will to say, what I, my heart, he knows everything about me. And come on, if he knows that, he knows how to encourage you. He knows how to encourage you when you need it. I believe, come on, help is on the way. Father, I thank you for the encouragement that's coming, the encouragement that's here, the encouragement that's on the way. We name, we may not be, come on, to our destiny yet, but we need a little bit of encouragement to help us because we know the voyage is rough. We know it's disastrous. We know that, come on, many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord, he delivers us out of them all. And he says, when they were all encouraged, they took food to themselves. And in all, there were 276 people on board. So when they had eaten enough, they lightened the ship and threw out the wheat into the sea. So here we go. We come to another lightning, another season of, come on, lightening the load. Oh, come on. I'm reminded of Hebrews. Since we're surrounded with such a great cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and every sin that so easily besets us so that we can run this race and not be hindered. Oh, come on. Verse 39. And when it was day, they did not recognize the land, but they observed a bay with a beach onto which they planned to run the ship if possible. And they let go. They let go the anchors and let them in the sea. Meanwhile, losing the rudder, the ropes, and they hoisted the mainsail to the wind and made uh, for shore. But striking a place where two seas met, they ran the ship aground. So now they're up on the ground and the prow struck fast and remained immovable. But the stern was being broken up by the violence of the waves. So the whole ship was breaking apart. And the soldier's plan was to kill the prisoners, lest any of them should swim away and escape. But the centurion, wanting to save the apostle Paul, kept them from their purpose and commanded that those who could swim should jump overboard first and get to land. And the rest, some on boards and some parts of the ship. And so it was that they all escaped safely to land. I'm going to go to verse 28. Before I do that, I want to say this. So notice here, they get through the storm. Now they're at land. And watch what happens here. And now when they escaped, they found out that the island was called Malta and the natives showed us unusual kindness. So this is an indigenous tribe here for they kindled a fire and made us all welcome because of the rain that was falling and because of the cold. But listen to this. When the apostle Paul had gathered a bundle of sticks, uh, let me go. Uh, let me pull this up. I thought I had this pulled up. I'm going to pull the scripture up for you guys to follow. I'm in verse. I'm in Acts 28, verse three. But when Paul had gathered a bundle of sticks and laid them on the fire, a viper came out because of the heat and fastened to his hand. Think about it, church. This guy went through all of what he went through. Survived an impossible voyage at sea through a storm that should have killed them all only to land on an a, 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 on a, a an island of an indigenous tribe and the guy is freezing cold and says hey i just want to go warm my hands by the fire because i'm cold i've only eaten like very little in the last uh, who knows how many days 
So he sticks his hand in the fire and a viper strikes him. But your Bible says in verse four. So when the natives saw the creature hanging on his hand, think about it, church. They said to one another, no doubt this man is a murderer whom though he escaped the sea, yet justice has now befalled him. Look at verse five. But he shook off the creature into the fire and suffered no harm. However, they were expecting that he would swell up and suddenly fall dead. But after they had looked for a long time and saw that no harm had come to him, they changed their minds and said that he was of God. Or they said he was a God. Excuse me. They, they began to think he was a God. So then the Bible says in that region, there was an estate of the leading citizen of the island whose name was Publius. Who's, who received us and entertained us courteously for three days. And it happened that the father of Publius, Publius, excuse me, lay sick of a fever and dysentery. And Paul went into him and prayed and laid hands on him and God healed him. So when this was done, the rest of those on the island who had diseases also came and they were healed. They also honored us in many ways. And when we departed, they provided us such things as were necessary. Oh, come on, somebody. Listen, I don't know who I'm talking to today, but I come by to tell you today that I know you're going through some trials. I know you're going through a storm, but I'm going to tell you something. You may not see what's on the other end. Maybe you do. Maybe you don't. But God who serves the God you serve, the God who called you, the God who commissioned you, the God who sent you already knows an island that is waiting for you. He already knows what's on the other end. Just like Jesus went to the Gadarenes and and, and, and the enemy opposed him. A storm opposed him. But when he got there, come on, he set a man free who was sent into a village to bring revival. Here Paul comes. The enemy tried to destroy him on a ship, drown him in a sea, but he came through and a poisonous viper struck him. But come on, Luke 16 says, these signs shall follow those that believe in my name. They will cast out demons. They'll speak with new tongues. They'll take up serpents. Come on, we don't, we don't handle serpents. Come on, to tempt the Lord. Paul didn't intend to handle a serpent, but a serpent found him. And I'm telling you, he shook it off in the fire. Come on, who am I talking to today? I'm trying to say that we're all in a storm, my friend. We're all going through trials. But God says, stay in the ship. Trust me. I'm the anchor in the ship. I'm the sail at the sea. Come on, I'm going to get you to the other side. I'm going to see to it that if you'll remain in me and steadfast in me, you're going to get to the other side of this. Now we're going to pray in just a moment, but I want to share a personal, I want to share a personal storm that Brother Ricky's going through right now. See, this message wasn't just for you guys, it was for me. I really believe the message was for me and then I'd shared it with you because I already understand in the season that we're in, this is going to be, it's going to be applicable to all of us. But many of you guys know that over the course of like eight weeks, 10 weeks that I've been going through a, a physical infirmity. I've been going through a storm in my health. It started out with uh, stuff of TMJ, joint pains, jaw going into my shoulders, going in my back. Uh, then it went into neuropathy stuff, aches, joints, this, that. Uh, we went to, went to a chiropractor, went to a physical therapist, went to a, a general practitioner, went to an orthopedic specialist, a, a back and spine specialist. And after all that, I've, um, there, was a, there was a couple red flags that what could indicate, I'm not saying is, or could, but could indicate that there might be, and I say, again, I highlight might be, could be, because there's not an official diagnosis, but there could be some, some autoimmune uh, things going on there. There could be a disease, it could be disorder, whatever the case would be. Um, in fact, they advised me to go see a neurologist. Now, I want to now what I'm about to tell you guys, I don't I'm not telling you that you need to take this recommendation. You need to do this and this is what you should do. No, this is what I have decided to do. After much prayer, much thought, much research, much study and and knowing my own relationship with God, 
I have decided that, number one, God is Jehovah Rapha. He is the Lord, our healer. The, the woman with an issue of blood for over a decade, no doctor could help her. No physician could help her. No medicine could help her. No vaccine could do anything for her. No shot, no pill, no drink, nothing could help her. And she said within herself, if I could just touch the hem of his garment, I know I shall be made whole. So listen, above everything, I know that God is Jehovah Rapha, the Lord, our healer. But you've heard me say that, you've heard Brother Ricky say, but we've got to use wisdom. Because listen, I believe in doctors. I believe in nurses. I believe in, there's some, and I highlight, and I use the word lightly, some medications that are of good. They do for example, uh, allergies. I deal with seasonal allergies. Um, I, you know, I just I pop in an Allegra, and 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 God has blessed me to be able to do that. Now, can God heal me of my allergies? Absolutely, but I'm okay with just taking an allergy medicine, a pill. But there's some things. Listen to me. There are some things out there, some diseases, some disorders, some infirmities, that the medical industry the pharmaceutical industry the and way in which they treat that with a whole slew of shots and pills um is actually worse and makes you feel worse than the actual thing that you're dealing with some would venture to argue chemotherapy is like that because it literally wipes out all of your cells, good and bad, in order to try to save your life. But I know many people that's been killed, by, not by the cancer, but by chemo itself. And again, I, I'm going to put a big disclaimer out here for what I'm about to tell you. So having said that, I already know, because again, remember, my wife is a nurse practitioner. I know how this thing goes, guys. I know I know the order in which things, the way they do things in medicine and procedures. Even if I were go to the neurologist and they did scans and this and that, and they came back and said, okay, you've got this, or it shows you're positive with that. It's not going to change how I treat the disease, disorder, whatever. Number one, I'm going to stay in faith. Come on, I'm going to stay in the ship. And I'm going to hold to the anchor, which is Jesus, because he's Jehovah Rapha. He's the Lord, our healer. Number two, I've done enough. For, I, listen, I have studied diet and nutrition as about as much as I have studied the word of God. And I can tell you that what Hippocrates said many, 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 many years ago is absolutely true when he said, let food be thy medicine. And I have, and again, I know people's going to disagree with me. And that's okay. I'm not giving you a remedy. I'm not telling you to do what brother Ricky's doing. I'm just telling you what I'm doing. And listen, and I, I would love for you to agree with me in faith because here's the deal. We're coming out on the other side. Now watch this. So I, in all my studies, I've studied, uh, there's what's called, uh, there's, there's six blue zones in the world. And these blue zones, and one of these locations, one of these places is in California, where, by the way, is, and all my uh, Seventh-day Adventist brothers and sisters are going to like this. There is this location in California where, again, that's one location. Then you've got Okinawa, Japan. You've got a place in Brazil. You've got all these places. There's six zones called the Blue Zones. And these individuals live to be triple digits. You've got women and men that are in their hundreds, 101, 102, 98. And they're out in the field. They're working. They have all their faculties. They're not broke down. They're not in a wheelchair. They're not bedridden. And there's been countless documentaries, research, and they discovered that one thing that all of these blue zones have in common is their nutrition and what they eat. And they eat a predominantly whole foods, plant-based diet. 
Now, listen, guys, again, you do the research. I, I, I don't know who this is for. Maybe, the, again, I'm, t- I'm just going, I'm preaching today. If it fits you, if it helps you, praise God. If it don't, d- listen, you do what you got to do. That's between you and the Lord. You pray about that. But I'm going to tell you, I, there is countless blogs, videos, documentaries, testimonials of physicians, doctors who were diagnosed with autoimmune diseases that completely reversed and put into full remission. And they told them that they would be wheelchair ridden in 20 years, 15 years, 20 years. And by 30 years, they'd be dead. And there's 25 years later, 30 years later, and they ha- they're asymptomatic, have no symptoms of the disease whatsoever. So I've done too much research on this and I know. And here's where I'm going with this. So this is where I'm at, guys. So I have decided after much prayer and thinking about this research that I have, I have decided not to go through with going to the neurologist and going through all these rigorous tests and spending thousands of dollars. Why? Again, I don't advise you to do that. And you may say, well, that's foolish, Brother Ricky. That's fine. I'll, I'll, I'll receive that. That's fine. I'll take that. But again, this is my life. This is my faith. This is my walk with God. Okay? Because here's why. Because again, let me emphasize this. It doesn't matter. Because even if they were to say it's this or it's that, I'm not putting, I've already, I know what the medicines are, the medications. I'm not putting that in my body. Only for me to get worse. I'm going to treat this and tackle whatever this is. It doesn't matter. Because whatever it is, if it's got a name, it's got a bow to the name of Jesus. So I believe in the power of God, the healing power of Jesus by his stripes, I'm healed. But I also believe that God gives us wisdom and he's given us foods on this planet. He's given us the, the recipe for health. But the modern Western diet is killing us and it drowns out what's been right there at our finger. The low Hanging fruit has always been on the tree, no pun intended. And it's right there. So I've already, listen, I've already started this. I'm going on two weeks now. Now I did this in the past. I did a whole foods plant-based diet. I did it for a long time and came off of it again because I understand temptation. I love all these. I love fried chicken. I love grilled chicken. I love, listen, I love sweet tea and I love, you know, uh, potato chips and I love all these things and, 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 and don't think it's not difficult, but watch this. Let me go back to my message. I understand. Number one, I've got to stay on the ship. Number two, and to get to the other side and finish my race, it's going to require me to lighten the load. I'm going to have to say goodbye to some stuff. And guys, it's very emotional. Social life is very interesting to say the least when you go out to eat somewhere and you have to tell them no oil, no butter, no meat, no dairy. You think that's fun and you think it's pleasant? It's not. But I cherish life and I desire to see my my race finished. Um, I, come on, I shall live and not die and declare the works of the Lord our God. If God did it for this individual, and that individual, and this individual, then God is no respecter of persons, friend. It's not that complicated. So that's where I'm at. I appreciate your prayer. And listen, I believe just like Paul wrote to the church of Philippi in Philippians chapter one, he talks about through your earnest prayers, God is going to honor that. He's going to honor your prayers. He's going to honor your intercession for myself and for our ministry. And he's going to see to it that we finish this race and finish our course. But I come on, faith without works is dead. I have to do my part. And I'm listen, I'm going to fight with everything I've got in me in Jesus' name. And when God's finished, he's finished. Come on. And I just, that's a word for somebody else here. You may not be going through a health issue like me. But maybe it's in your finances. Come on. You need it. Number one, you need to know that he's Jehovah Jireh, your provider. You need to know, like David said, I was young and now I'm old and I've yet to see the righteous forsaken nor receive beggar bread. You need to put your, you need to make a covenant with God with your finances. That's the first thing you need to do. Well, brother, I've got more money going out than I do going in. I've got more money going to bills than I do going in my pocket. Listen, I've been there, friend. 
I've been where you've at. I've been to the place where on paper it didn't make sense to tithe. It didn't make sense to honor the Lord with the first fruits of my increase. But I did it anyway. And because I did it anyway, God honored it. And he has blessed our family exceedingly abundantly above all that we could even ask or think. Maybe you're going through something in your marriage. You got to know the word of God. You got to know that what God has put together, no devil in hell will pull asunder. In Jesus' name. Well, my kids, are they've lost their mind and they're gone into prodigal living. Well, you need to declare the word of the Lord that when you train them up in the way in which they should go, that when they're older, they will not depart from it. They're coming back in Jesus' name. Come on, just stay in the ship and keep honoring the Lord and serving the Lord and just be, and know, come on, that it, 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 the ship's going to come through. Come on, you, the ship may be broken in pieces on the other side, but come on, but we serve a God who walks on water. And if the ship, if the ship comes in on broken pieces, I listen, I, as long as I get to the other side, it's okay if I lose some things on the way. And come through some broken pieces. As long as I stay in the boat and pursue through the storm. So I want to say this. Listen, we would all love for God to deliver us out of the storm. Oh God, don't let me go into the lion's den. I'm sure Daniel would have loved that. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. I'm sure they probably would have desired not to go into the fiery furnace. But the Bible says they did. I'm sure Jesus probably didn't uh, in his flesh probably didn't find it very comforting and pleasurable to endure what he did. But come on, the Bible says, for the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross. What? What joy could he have possibly endured before him? He saw the end from the beginning. He saw the outcome. He saw, come on, the other side of this thing. Come on, you got to get a vision. You got to get that vision. You've got to get your destiny. You got to know what God's called you to do. You got to know that. You got to assure that. Make your calling elect. Come on, you got to stand on your word in Jesus' name. Come on, do you receive this today? Listen, we would love for God to deliver us out of the storm, but that's not always the case. Sometimes He can, yes. But there's many times He's going to allow us to go through the storm. And sometimes we get in a storm because of our own demise, because of our own negligence, because of our own ignorance, and we've ignored warnings. Whatever that, listen, I don't know who this word, word is for today, but you're in your Arachlodon, you're in your storm, you're in turmoil, you're in confusion, you're, the winds are contrary, it's become dangerous, it's become deadly, and you're fearing, oh my gosh, I'm going to lose this. I'm going to lose that. What if I had to say goodbye to get say this? Listen, again, the word is to stay in the boat. Stay in the Lord. You can't go wrong if you hang on to him. Jesus said, he that treasures my words is like a man who built his house upon the rock. And then when the winds and the storm came, the rain came and beat down upon the house. Come on. Even though the house began to crumble, it began to break. It began to fall apart. The foundation remained in Jesus name. Come on. Let's pray right now. Father, I thank you for this word today. Lord, I receive this word today i thank you that lord no matter hell and high water and what comes and what adversity comes and the winds are contrary and it looks to be chaotic and it looks dangerous god we trust you you're jehovah jireh you're jehovah rapha you're jehovah shalom our peace you lord you said i'll keep that man in perfect peace whose mind is stayed and fixed upon thee god i thank you that you're the anchor that holds you're the anchor that holds through every storm every trial every every affliction, every infirmity, every setback, every failure, every mess up. God, you are the anchor that holds. And I thank you that you're bringing us to the other side in Jesus name. I thank you that Lord, we're not finished. We're not done, but God, our best days are ahead in Jesus name. God, I thank you for the intercessors. I thank you for the prayer wars. I thank you for the men of God, the women of God, the, the grandmothers, the grandfathers, the intercessors, the prayer warriors, the, 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 
Lord, I thank you in Jesus' name for these men and women of God that are watching and listening today. And Lord, what you're doing in their heart. God, we give you praise. God, we give you glory. And Lord, we thank you, Lord. We're expecting, the, uh, Lord, I believe this is a word of encouragement for others. But God, I thank you, Lord, you're bringing that encouragement. Sometimes we just need that word. We need that encouragement just to bump up ourselves, to get us along, to, to give us that hope. So that when the when the stars are not shining, the moon cannot be seen, and it seems like all darkness is there, that we can hold fast to the profession of our faith without wavering. For you're faithful who promise, who will see that it will come to pass in Jesus' name. Come on, do you receive this today? Amen and amen. Listen, guys, uh, real quick announcement. Again, first of all, thank you guys so much for your prayers, your intercessions, your your support, your partnership of this ministry. Again, I cherish it more than words can say. We're going to get through this, guys. We're all going to make this. We're going to get through this. We're going to fight this. We're going to fight the good fight of faith. We're going to continue, and we're going to do the work of the Lord in Jesus' name. Again, guys, endtimeheadlines.org, endtimeheadlines.com. Get our free app. Download today. Hit yes to push notifications. You're going to be good to go. Again, don't forget, guys, if uh, if this ministry has blessed you and encouraged you, equips you, you can become a partner Two different ways. You can give electronically through the app or you can give by check or by money order. And you can make that at right there on your screen at End Time Headlines, P.O. Box 1391, Monroe, Georgia, 30655. So, um, again, thank you for your generous support. We love you. Uh, we'll be back on here, Lord willing, tomorrow, January 16th, 7 p.m. Central, 8 p.m. Eastern. I'll be off on the 17th, which is this Wednesday. That will be actually my birthday. I'll be turning 47 years of age, so I'll be off on Wednesday. Um, and then I, we're going to try to be on here Thursday and Friday. Again, I don't want to make any promises. I know that uh, we are actually going out of town. We're supposed to go to Pigeon Forge, Gatlinburg in Tennessee. Uh, and I, I don't know if we're leaving Thursday or Friday, so we may be on here. Tomorrow may be our last night for this week because of some, because of going out of town. Um, but uh, we will let you know. I'll let you know tomorrow for sure. Uh, but if not, then we will be on here Thursday as well. And then we'll just be off on Wednesday and Friday. But we will let you know, guys. We'll keep you up to date. So, again, thank you so much for your prayers, your support your partnership with this ministry. Again, don't forget to hit that like button, hit that share button, hit those push notifications, and it's going to push our uh, our, our uh, messages out on these algorithms. So until we see you guys tomorrow night, may the Lord bless you, may he keep you, and may his countenance shine upon you. We'll see you soon. Thank you for listening to the End Time Headlines podcast. We pray that you've been blessed and equipped by today's message. For more information about how you can help partner with our ministry, please visit endtimeheadlines.org.